0: Well, hello! It's so nice to see that uh, you're visiting with us once again. I, we appreciate that. Uh, live a worthwhile life, please. Shalom. Number thirteen o seven twenty three. A year with the church fathers. Submit to the teachings of the church. The book of Tobit is one of the Old Testament books left out of the Jewish canon. Yet, although St. Jerome tended to agree with the Jews, he believed it was more important to submit to the decision of the bishops, as he says here in a letter accompanying his translation of the book. One man can't set church doctrine aside, no matter how smart he is. Jerome to Corniatius and Helodorus, bishops in the Lord, salutations. I never cease to wonder at how constantly you ask me for things. Now you demand that I translate a book written in Chaldean into Latin, the book of Tobit, which the Hebrews leave out of the catalog of divine scriptures, placing it instead in the books they call the Hagiographia, or writings. I have done what you asked, but not by my own efforts. The Hebrew studies rebuke and fault us for translating this into Latin contrary to their canon. But I imagine it is better to offend the opinion of the Pharisees and be subject to the commands of bishops. So I've gone on as well as I could, because the Chaldean language is close to Hebrew, I found someone who spoke both languages very well. I set aside a day for the work, and whatever he spoke in Hebrews, I translated that into Latin and had a scribe I brought along write it down. Your prayers will be payment enough for this work when, by your grace, I have heard that I have succeeded in fulfilling your request worthily. St. Jerome, prologue to Tobit. When I personally disagree with the church's teaching on some matter, do I have the humility to submit to the wisdom of the whole church? Closing Prayer Father, give me ears to hear your truth, so that I may glorify you without ceasing in your holy church. Through the Year with Thomas Merton True Artistic Freedom True artistic freedom can never be a matter of sheer willfulness or arbitrary posturing. It is the outcome of authentic possibilities, understood and accepted in their own terms, not the refusal of the concrete in favor of the purely interior. In the last analysis, the only valid witness to the artist's creative freedom is his work itself. The artist builds his own freedom and forms his own artistic conscience by the work of his hands. Only when the work is finished can he tell whether it was done freely. Raids on the Unspeakable. Magnificat, July 2023. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Chapter 10, verses 7 through 15. Jesus said to his apostles, As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. Do not take gold or silver or copper for your belts, no sack for the journey, or a second tunic or sandals or walking stick. The laborer deserves his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, look for a worthy person in it and stay there until you leave. As you enter a house, wish it peace. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. If not, let your peace return to you. Whoever will not receive you or listen to your words, go outside that house or town and shake the dust from your feet. Amen. I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. The Gospel of the Lord. Meditation of the Day, without cost, you have received. Today the Church celebrates the Feast of St. Henry, who from 1002 to 1024 was emperor of the medieval Holy Roman Empire, and thus the most powerful man of the Europe of his time. He was canonized because he placed his power at the service of what is true and what is good, because he recognized power to be a duty of service. So we can venerate him, but as a model from whom we can learn, he seems hardly to come into question the difference between the situation of his life and ours is too great. The problem most of us face is not how to cope with wielding power, but coming to terms with our lack of it. And if he had to struggle to avoid letting himself be blinded by wealth, most Christians in most parts of the world are concerned about how in their poverty they can keep God in their view. So to begin with, this saint seems to be very far distant from us. But today's colic translates his life into a way that concerns all of us. Our starting points are, of course, different, but ultimately the direction is the same. The colic, as it were, picks out the thread from a host of external events and thereby shows us all the way. First of all, this prayer tells us that St. Henry was endowed with abundant grace. He was not what he had. He was from his own resources. It was given to him. It was grace. And for that reason, it was also a responsibility he had to bear to God and to others. Although our lives are built on quite different lines, the same applies to us too, everything essential in our lives has been given to us without our contributing to it. The fact that I am alive is not something I have derived from myself. The fact that people were there who introduced me to life, who enabled me to experience love, who gave me faith and opened my gaze to God, all that is grace. We could not do anything if we had not been given the ability to, To do so first. But at this point, the questions start rising up within us. Is God really fair with his gifts? Why does he give one person so much and another so little? Why is everything made so difficult for one person and everything pretty well heaped on on another? If we burrow into questions like these... We do not get any closer to the truth. We just know what goes on in someone else's and somebody else's heart. We know only tiny excerpts from the whole of reality and thus argue very irrationally if on this basis we want to judge the whole world. How, for example, would we be able to know if power brought the Emperor Henry II happiness? Could it not be that it was a fearful burden for him and the immense decisions he was involved in? But we can guess how heavily the fate of childlessness bore on a soul, and historians have passed on to us how terribly he suffered over many years from the pains his illness brought him. In this way, he too had to learn that God's grace is often dark, but that... It is preciously in suffering that grace lies. Golden Nuggets Instruction Book Honor Books. Golden Nugget number one, inspired by Psalms 118, chapter 24, or verse 24. Life is not a problem to be solved, but a gift to be enjoyed. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Golden nugget number two, James chapter two, verse 18. As I grow older, I pay less attention to what men say. I just watch what they do. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. Golden nugget number three. Matthew chapter 3 verse 33 Some people reach the top of the ladder of success only to find it is leaning against the wrong wall. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Chesterton Day by Day The slum novelist gains his effects by describing the same gray mist as draping the dingy factory and the dingy tavern. But to the man he is supposed to be studying, there must be exactly the same difference between the factory and the tavern that there is to a middle-class man between a late night at the office and a supper at Pagan's. Reddix. Reflection. A man adorns simple clothing, but sumptuous clothing adorns a man. Simple clothing calls attention to the man, but sumptuous clothing calls attention to itself. The passion for sumptuous clothing simply drains and withers the soul of man. This is the real reason why the church has always stood against opulence in dress and recommended simplicity. Among the countless Christian saints, there is not one mentioned whom sumptuous clothing helped to attain sanctity. Many great and wise kings, not only Christians but also heathens, have loved simplicity in dress. Thus it is said that the emperor Augustus Octavius, the dear in whose reign the Lord Christ was born, wore only simply clothing, woven for him by his wife, sister, or daughter. It is said of King Charles V that he wore such simple clothing that even his most ordinary subjects were better dressed than he was. A man once invited the illustrious Greek general Philomanius to dinner. Philomanius had never been to the man's home before. He arrived a bit early for the dinner, The host had not yet arrived, but the hostess, not knowing Philomeneus personally and seeing him attired in simple clothing, thought that he was a servant sent in advance to announce the eminent arrival of the general and her husband. Thinking this, she ordered him to chop wood. Philomenus willingly obeyed and began to chop wood. When the host came and saw his honored guest chopping wood like a servant, he was horrified and asked him, Who dared to give such a task to Philomenus?" The general quietly answered, My clothing, in the twilight of our life we shall be judged according to love. Ancient wisdom for today's world. How can you raise your hands to heaven and move your lips to ask forgiveness for yourselves? God would be ready to forgive your sins, but you are preventing him by not forgiving your brothers and sisters their sins. You say to me, they are brutal, they are violent, they behave in a way we simply must punish. But it is precisely for that reason that you ought to forgive them. Maybe you are suffering a thousand wrongs at this moment. You have been robbed, you have been slandered, you want to see them punished, then give your forgiveness instead. If you take the law into your own hands, either in the word or deed, God will not be concerned to give you your rights. You have already taken them for yourself. Not only will God not give you your own rights, he will punish you for having offended him. So it is rash to demand your rights on your own account, especially when the judge is God. God, down on your knees before him. Go down on your knees. He will solve your problem better than you could. He has bidden you only to pray for the one who has done you wrong. As far as the treatment of this fellow is concerned, he has told you to leave All action to him and to him alone. John Chrysostom, Sermon to the People of Antioch, 20.